0: Funding for this class is provided by Benjamin Aghyeh and family in loving memory of Raphael, son of Chacham Rabbi Chia.
1: We are in the middle of the morning blessings, page 6. This is our text, the prayer book. Blessing number...
0: Five. Blessed are you, Lord our God and the universe who clothes the naked.
1: So we're thanking Hashem for all the natural blessings that we have. We don't take for granted. Hashem gives us clothing, just like Hashem clothes clothes other So too we emulate Hashem. We should also clothe those who need clothing. But we're thanking Hashem for clothes. And this is as we go about in the morning. We go about the different steps. After you sit up, and then you get dressed. So as each step of the way, we're thanking Hashem for the blessing of clothing. But like everything else, it also, with praising Hashem and thanking Hashem for something deeper. But the idea of wearing clothes, we're the only creature that puts on clothes. Animals don't put on clothes,
0: unless we put it on for them. Let's put it on for
1: them. Like animals don't suffer from addictions or psychological problems unless they hang around people, you know. But <laughs> but, uh, but naturally, animals have all the clothes they need, all the protection they need. Either their clothes grow with them, or they're born with it. Whatever protection they need from the elements, it grows with them. The fur, whatever it is, Hashem. Only man is born naked. And we have to put on clothes. And we put on clothes. Why do we put on clothes? What do clothes symbolize? Like in the first, like, very beginning of entire Torah, when uh, Eve eats from the Tree of Knowledge, right off the bat, notices that she's naked, and suddenly they become embarrassed. Very good. So they have to get clothing for themselves. Very good. You notice anywhere on earth, even the aborigines whatever, everyone covers themselves to some extent. It's not because of the elements. If you're in a hot place, clothing for us represents something much deeper. The idea, it all started, you're right, with other machabah. Because it's the idea of modesty, the idea of why were they embarrassed? They were embarrassed because before the sin, other machabah were so pure. They were unself conscious. Like children, little babies run around naked. They're completely unself conscious. There's no. There's no self-consciousness. There's no ego. Everything is so pure. But as a result of the sin, they became self-aware. They became egotistical. And suddenly they were embarrassed and ashamed that something so deep and profound and so godly as intimacy and sexuality could be reduced to the most superficial level, could become skin deep. And it's used in the most selfish, egotistical way. How can I use you? Instead of being an expression of genuine love and and selflessness and real love and connection, instead, it just becomes a craving, lust, which completely takes you away from genuine love completely takes you away from intimacy it destroys even your ability to be intimate that's the difference between love and lust intimacy versus eroticism in a real love it's a soul connection that brings you closer together versus when it's just reduced to eroticism and lust it's on the contrary it it destroys your ability to be intimate it just becomes a craving, an indulgence. Okay, so how can I use you? The other person just becomes an object that you're consuming. How can I consume you? I like what you do for me. That's not love. That's I love ice cream, so I love what you do for me. And therefore I consume you. And the moment I have no need for you, I spit you out. You're out of my life. I don't care about you. Never, I never cared about you. It was all about indulging my so when, when sexuality becomes like drinking, drinking Coke or just indulging your... It's an embarrassment. Hashem gave us something divine. Sexuality is divine. It's godly. There's a reason why the miracle of creation, which is something infinite, happens as a result of the intimacy between husband and wife. Because it's something so special, something so deep, something so soulful, so profound. You're tapping into something infinite. Where the two actually merge. It's an expression of real love and merging. Not like two animals that bond. It's not a, a, a bonding of two bodies. It's not a physical. The physical is just an expression of that, that genuine love. But when other Machava realized how as a result of their ego and of self-awareness and self-consciousness something so holy and deep and special and, and beautiful could be reduced... To lust, eroticism, craving, completely distorting and ailing, taking you away from what it's... They were embarrassed. It's an a shame. It's an embarrassment. So they covered up. They covered up that embarrassment. That's the idea of modesty. The idea we get dressed out of modesty. Because we want to protect, protect that sexuality. We want to protect because we realize how precious it is and how easy it is to lose. It's like the, the, where the gold is, that, that's what's guarded. Anything that's wide open, I don't care about, it, it's wide open. Someone who walks around naked wide open means I don't care. I have, I have a sense of worthlessness. My body is worthless. My dignity is worthless. You ever see a king walking around naked? <laughs> a prince, a princess, there's dignity. The more, if you're gold, if you're something that's dignified, you protect it. It's not free for all. It's not... It's, very special and very deep and it's only reserved for my spouse. It's not for the whole world to see. So modesty is not, we have anything against beauty. That's not the Jewish concept of modesty. Put a shmat over your head and... No, we love beauty. We celebrate beauty. Sarah was the most beautiful woman that lived after Chava and Rivka and Rachel and that. That's... But to really tap into what beauty really is and the inner beauty the outer beauty is an expression of the inner beauty and to tap in to sexuality, to intimacy to, to genuine love and being becoming one that's, it's so easy to lose so you have to protect it, you have to guard it it's not for everyone, it's not a free for all I don't have to expose myself to validate my fragile ego have self dignity I carry myself because I have self dignity. It's not for everyone. This is reserved for my spouse. So, there's a concept of modesty. So, clothing represents something very deep, very profound. We're thanking Hashem for giving us that gift and for giving us that, that understanding and that awareness of clothing us, clothing the nakedness of that sense of modesty, which is a sense of inner dignity. I'm royalty. If you're royalty, you, you carry yourself like royalty. You dress like royalty. You know, I'm, I'm not a tramp. Today, everyone prides themselves on being the greater tramp. That's, I'm royalty. I'm not a tramp. There's dignity and inner dignity. Clothing represents an inner dignity. So there's a sense of modesty. So we thank Hashem. It, and we bless Hashem. And Hashem should give us the strength to draw down that strength to be able to appreciate it. This gift and this blessing that Hashem gave us, this idea of modesty. But then we go even deeper because clothing in a spiritual sense. What does clothing mean on a, on a spiritual level, on a, on a very personal level? When we wake up in the morning, so we just finished learning, saying the blessing over the, the Nishama, how pure our Nishama is and where it comes from, and how the Nishama remains pure and how special and how. But nevertheless, the Nishama, the soul itself, is naked. It needs garments. It's not enough. Even though we have a piece of the divine essence, but we need garments. What are our, are our garments? A mitzvah is garments. When you study Torah, it's like the food that you eat. It nourishes you. Remember the Tanya, chapter 5. But the mitzvah are like garments. Mitzvah envelop you. Mitzvah, like garments surround you. A person needs to eat, to nurture yourself, to give you the energy. But then a person needs garments to protect you. So as great as the neshama is on its own, we need garments. We need mitzvah. And first and foremost, the, the overarching government that envelops us and protects us is the idea of accepting upon ourselves the yoke of heaven. Accepting upon ourselves the decision that I make. That I am devoted and dedicated to do Hashem's mitzvahs. That decision alone, that commitment, that dedication, that already protects me. That, okay, I'm enveloped. I'm covered up. My whole being is I'm protected by that shield, by that garment that I am wrapping myself around, that I am committing myself and dedicating myself to do Hashem's mitzvot. And there are many mitzvot which will express itself throughout the day. But the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I am connected with the mitzvot. I'm connected with Hashem. And this is what envelops the neshama and protects the neshama. And then we keep on adding garments throughout the day. We do this mitzvah and the other mitzvah. These are all garments that add holiness and elevate the neshama. Because as great as the neshama is on its own, the neshama needs an elevation. Because through garments, we can reach a higher level than the neshama will ever reach on its own. Why? Because these garments are Hashem. When you do a mitzvah, you're touching the divine. When you dedicate yourself to Hashem and you accept upon yourself the yoke of heaven that I am a loyal servant and I am Hashem's soldier and I commit myself to serve Hashem, That alone connects me with Hashem, which is greater than the neshama, which is Hashem Himself. And that envelops and protects the neshama and elevates the neshama. So you start out the day, the first thing you do, just like we go through the steps, the bodily steps, the physical steps, they're all symptoms of the different spiritual steps that we have to go through as we wake up in the morning. So you wake up in the morning, we're naked. Yes, we're awake, and we realize we have a neshama, we realize we have something special, and we thank Hashem for it, and we make a blessing. But then we get dressed because we take it to the next step then we realize our neshama is naked we need garments we need to elevate the neshama we need to take it to the next level and that's only by connecting with hashem accepting upon myself the yoke of heaven connecting with the king connecting with hashem that envelops me that protects me that shelters me and then each garment that i do it only enhances and increases that protection and that elevation. So in a deeper sense, we're also talking about our spiritual. It's like a, a program that we're going through. It's a 15-step program. As we wake up in the morning, we are going, going through different steps, waking up spiritually, you're waking up. And then, steps. First, we, first, you heard the rooster. That was the first blessing. And then you open your eyes. And then you... Um, You know, you stretched, and then you sat up, and that we discussed in the last class. And now, we're in this blessing, we thank Hashem for clothing the naked.
0: The garments of the soul conversation is much more complex than that. The fact that we need to, but, and in modern society, we've also screwed that up too, right? In the sense of people putting on, you know, acting differently at home, than they do, in front of peers and at the
1: office. And so. Very good. In Judaism, the concept of modesty is even in the home, even when you're alone, because Hashem is there. If modesty comes from within and it's a modesty because of Hashem, Hashem is in your home and Hashem is in your bedroom and Hashem is everywhere. So it's an inner sense of modesty. If it's a show, then you, then you have two standards, in the outside and the public and then at home. But if it's based on Hashem, an inner sense of dignity, that's with me 24-7, wherever I am, even when I'm vacation, and even there's no, this is, this is me. But if you appreciate it, and you're blessing Hashem, and you're drawing down that energy and that strength, and you understand it, then you carry yourself with dignity. See, our ancestors, our parents and grandparents, and great-grandparents didn't feel imposed upon. Oh, I have to be modest. Oh, hey, all these restrictions. Oh, yeah, yeah, enough already. No. They carry themselves with dignity. They understood what they were doing, and they, loved, and they embraced it, and they accepted it. You only chaff sh- sh- at it or chafe at it when you don't understand it. When, when, when you resent it. Oh, restrictions, I can't do this, and I can't do that. You know, leave me alone already. If you don't understand it. But if you understand it, when you look at the alternatives, Look how cheap, how society cheapens everything. Everything is so cheapened and, you know, everyone wants to act like a tramp. And somehow they call this progress. And you have the alternative. I choose to act dignified. I'm not a tramp. I'm a prince and I'm a princess and I'm going to act that way. I'm going to carry myself that way with dignity. You know, you notice all the... Uh, the, the, the uh, Triple X rated movies, they're boring. They're all B, C. That's not, that's not even interesting. It's skin deep and it's 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 real real sparks really fly when there's modesty and there's dignity. That's when real love, that's when 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 there's boundaries. When there are boundaries, that's when you can really light a fire. You know, love is a fire. But I can love, light light the fire and light up my dining room. If I light the fire in the middle of, the middle of my, uh, <laughs> on the couch, I'm gonna burn the house down. But if you light it in the fireplace, it warms the house, heat, and light. When there's boundaries, when there's boundaries, when there's modesty, and there's clothing, and there's, that's when real fire, real love can f- genuinely flourish. Because you're really connecting with the other person. It becomes a soul connection. Then. The physical is fireworks, but if it's all about cravings and lust and eroticism, then you just have to, you just have to make it crazier and crazier, and then become more permissive and more permissive, and you know until there's no boundaries, until you lose the ability to be intent. and you lose the ability, and it's boring. There's no, there's no sparks. But when, when sexuality is done in the Torah, the way the Torah, with the boundaries and modesty and the mikveh and all these boundaries, sparks fly. And it's something that endures. And the marriage lasts. And it lasts forever and ever. And we're still here because our parents were married and, and family carried on for thousands of years in the family, and that's, that's because we had the mikveh, we had the boundaries and the modesty and the whole approach to sexuality it was so deep and so profound and so genuine that that's where sparks fly. That's where real love can really flourish. So we're thanking Hashem for this, we're praising Hashem for helping us understand what garments are, what clothes are, what modesty is. It's not, it's not just uh, another societal imposition.
0: It feels like, and I don't maybe this is my perspective, that there are certainly people who struggle with the, home, with the modesty challenge, the way you're describing it, but I think many more people, at least that I know, struggle with the challenge of Showing who they really are, you know, versus putting on some sort of a face. Meaning that they, they follow sort of the general rules, they know not to do something that's immodest, and, but in terms of the way they uh, communicate and, and uh, engage with other people, they have different faces, sort of, or different garments that they're putting on. When they go to shul, they act a certain way. They go to work, they act another way. They go home.
1: You're saying masks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's not garments. To survive in society,
0: right? Well, I, but it creates a challenge with respect to...
1: Very good, <laughs> very good. So maybe that's the difference between a garment and a mask. A mask is you hide behind the mask. On Purim, you wear masks. But, but uh, garment expresses who you are. A garment could be dignified. If, if a garment is worn properly, and it's then it becomes something that dignifies the person. There are garments that dignify a person. There are garments that elevate a person. Instead of being a mask, it becomes, it's an expression. If you understand the proper role of garments, then garments become an expression of your dignity. You carry yourself with dignity and it becomes an expression of something inner, something real. And that's something that's 24-7, it's not, it's not an act. It's not a playing a role. Right. You know, I'm projecting a certain role. We go about our days, of course we do play many roles. We could be a teacher, we could be a parent, or we could be a colleague, we could be a friend. Real garments express who you really are, and it's inside like outside. You should be inside like you are outside, and outside like you are inside. And then your life is not, there's no dichotomy, there's no split. The garments become an expression of you. So when you wear garments and you carry yourself in a modest way, even when nobody's looking, even for yourself, then the garments, there's no split. The garments become an expression of that rich inner life. That's what we're thanking Hashem. We're thanking Hashem for giving us clothing because our clothing reflects on who we are. It's, it's an expression of that inner dignity. It's not like a, it's like a mask, a charade. Uh, then your life is split outside, inside. Here's one mask, here's another mask, another roll, another. No, garments should be an expression. We're bringing Hashem into this. For a Jew, everything is connected with Hashem and everything is connected with Hashem then the garments become an expression of that inner that rich inner life that we have then, then there's no dichotomy there's no split between the garments that are on the outside and what we have on in the inside yeah. that's, a, that's a deeper insight into why we're thanking Hashem for the garments sure. it's a type of garments that express that rich inner life and there's no dichotomy and split between the inside and the outside yeah. do you think modesty is like progressive though because like for example like Yemenite Jews when they first made Aliyah from Yemen to Israel and they're wearing like full-on like traditional Yemen clo- like, Yemenite right. clothing. Right. So suppose someone like, with, would walk in here, like a Yemenite Jew wearing their full like, Yemenite traditional garb, and you kind of look at them like... Well, it's, it says each, the Jews didn't change their clothing. It doesn't mean that we have one set of clothing that we've been wearing traditionally for the last 3,800 years. It means within each society, the Jews were distinguished in their clothing because they always wore the clothing with dignity. Mm-hmm. And within their society, they always had that sense of modesty. That's why you don't cover the face. We cover the body. Because the body is, is, is externally, it's the same body as, as in an animal, in the sense our circulatory system, our, our, our respiratory system, our digestive system. The face is what distinguishes us from animals. You don't have to cover your face. The hands is what we use to to lead and guide the whole world. So that's what what expresses our superiority. You don't need to cover up. It's the rest of the body. You don't see the distinction between us and the animal, so we cover it up. It's the idea of shame. We cover it up that we want to distinguish ourselves. We're not like the animals. We have an inner sense of dignity, an inner sense of awareness, an inner sense of modesty. But each society covered up in their own way. So uh, your set of dressing is nothing wrong, but each society, no matter where you go, the Jewish people always had the distinguishable dress. It was modest, it was dignified. They carry themselves Mm -hmm. with dignity.